This episode of the I Am Northbound podcast is brought to you by the 4D songwriter, How to Dominate the New Music Industry. Get your copy of this number one best-selling book at the4dsongwriter.com. All right, so you're a music artist with plans to take over the world, huh? Yeah, duh. That's why I'm here. Well, you've come to the right place. Let's go! Welcome to the I Am Northbound podcast. Podcast. Your guide to dominating the new music industry. My friends... I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not in a fantastic mood. Why? Because I've just been put through an electric gauntlet for the last like 20 minutes. So in case you don't know, this operation, the I Am Northbound show, the podcast, everything I do in here, I do it myself. So inside this office, I've got lighting set up. I've got, you know, over there, if you keep seeing me, look to that direction if you're watching the video podcast. Because uh, I'm noticing of late that I am referencing a lot of visual elements, assuming that you're watching on video. But I mean, all the audio podcast guys listening just on audio. I mean, you guys are the OGs. So why am I talking like you about stuff that you wouldn't see, right? So anyway, I'm pointing in a specific direction on the video. If you see me looking over there, it's because I've got the reference monitor over there for me to check everything's recording properly um, to make sure it's in focus, that kind of thing. Camera's obviously up there. I've got a million things going on at any time. So for when I do these shows, I will, you know, sit down on the lounge, check the microphone, check one, two, one, two, look at the computer, go check it, make sure the video file's recording properly, making sure the camera's in focus. And I do probably five, six, seven, eight different trips back and forth from trips from the desk to the camera to sitting down, blah, blah, blah. I don't know why, but today there has been an absolutely incredible, amazing, impressive amount of static electricity inside this office. I don't know what it is, but it got to the point where my arm was aching because every time I touched my mouse or touched the like the camera or anything, it was like the biggest jolt ever. And I'm like, my arm was like aching from the static electricity, which I've never felt before in my life. And it got to the point where I would reach toward the mouse to be like, don't zap me this time. And you could hear like, bzzz, like in the air of the electricity the electricity and then I would touch it and it wouldn't I'd be like oh you know I might have like what dissipated or whatever in midair it might just be gone now and, and then I would go back to trusting that I wouldn't get electrocuted by the things that I trust in my life like my computer mouse touch it bam massive jolt of electricity out my arm and I'm like I've never felt static electricity like that so hopefully it's not something like an actual electrical problem <laughs> I'm just assuming it's for me walking across the carpet but I tell you that's going to make you not trust anything around you very very quickly but how's your day been my day was fantastic up until then it's going to be fantastic from here on out because we've got a great show planned for today I just want to do a quick shout out to say thank you to everyone who's sending in messages I'm receiving a crazy amount of messages from people that are saying how much the content I'm bringing out is helping them on their music journey which is making me want to do this a hundred times more. I mean, if it wasn't for you guys sending those messages, maybe I would have just started punching everything in my room to try to uh, fight the static electricity. But because of you guys, static electricity will not keep me from doing this podcast. And secondly, have you got your copy of... I mean, there's been two big things this week. It's like, I know there is that part of me that just keeps thinking to myself, you know what? How about you just space things out and stop trying to bring out uh, so much stuff so quickly? But I've released two major releases for free this week. And if you haven't gone and picked up either one of them, you're missing out and you should definitely go and get both of them. The first one is called 100 Posts. I'll say to music artists all the time, you need to post more. You need to connect more with your audience. You know, you need to get people uh, seeing the perspectives and... Uh, 
access points outside of your music. But the response I usually hear back is, but I never know what to post. So this is what uh, this post is for. I sat down and I came up with 100 ideas that you can use to connect with your fan base and grow your audience uh, more than you ever have before. These uh, these pointers are fantastic. And the best part is they're evergreen, which means that uh, it's not like once you use them that they're done and you can't go back to that point. You can go back to the same point and answer it a different way or with a different answer. Like really, really cool. And I think that uh, you will never run out of content if you go and get your copy. So if you want that, um, I just thought about it then. I don't have like a straight link for it, I don't think, but it's inside our Facebook group for listen pages. So you can either join that or go check it if you're inside that group, or you can just DM me and I'll give you a link. It's, I'm not going to charge you anything for it. All you have to do is fill out a survey. It would help me more than you know, honestly. It just is a bunch of questions about your music goals, um, what type of content you want me to produce and you want us to produce at listen pages, how we could make the service even better, all this kind of stuff. It, it really, it takes less than four minutes, I think, to fill out and you get 100 posts that will give you an endless <laughs> an endless stream of content to produce in the future. Uh, the second thing I brought out is the biggest and most valuable thing I've ever released. So uh, without getting into the full story, I used to be a songwriting coach back in the day, amongst other things. And uh, just before and alongside me running my recording studio, and the reason I could afford to buy my recording studio is because I came up with a method to be able to teach songwriting, which is said to be unteachable. You're either born creative or you're not, right? That's what people said anyway. Way. I came up with a method to be able to teach anyone how to become a songwriter, how to go from a single note on a page through a rational method to create their very first song, and then how you can add details to that through a rational approach. Um, obviously, songwriting is creative, but this rational approach gets you uh, within the um, time for one of my incredible metaphors, right? But it's kind of like bowling. It's like your goal is to knock the pins down, but some people just keep throwing them into the gutter because they keep saying, I wasn't born a bowler. So this method kind of adds the bumpers to get the ball to the pins. And eventually, once you start learning how to bowl correctly, then, you know, you take the bumpers down, you just write creatively. And it works for everyone. I have taught it to hundreds and hundreds of students. Uh, I even taught it to my mom who has never played an instrument in her life. And through this method, she wrote a song. How crazy is that? So it goes to show that it is absolutely uh, incredible and it, it works for absolutely anyone. Now, obviously, I held that formula quite close to me because I didn't want anyone else to know about it because obviously it was my main source of income. It's how I could afford to pay for my recording studio secondly. And it was just, you know, if I ever decided to get back into songwriting coaching, no one else could do that. So I figured, you know, I'll keep it for myself. But recently I've uh, thought to myself, you know what, if I genuinely can help music artists and I keep saying I'm here to help music artists and I'm doing everything I'm doing now to help you with your music journey, then who am I to hold back any information that might get you there quicker? So from now on, I'm not charging for any information like that. So I've uh, really it online for free. Uh, you can get it at listenpages.com. Uh, you think if you click content, you'll see mega guides and you can you know access it straight away. Uh, I've posted about it um, some other places too. If you want a copy of it, just DM me and I'll send you the link straight away. And that is 100% free. You don't even have to do a survey. It's all there on your screen, all 20,000 plus words. It is a massive document, but it contains everything you need to know to become an ultimate songwriter. Whether you are a brand new beginner who has never written before or you're a veteran songwriter, that's been doing it for years. This will help you understand music theory and understand how everything works together, which will make your songwriting process just so professional and so great. It's going to change your life, I guarantee it. So with all that housekeeping out of the way, it's time to get into the show. Got a great one planned for you. But remember to send me a DM on any social media platform. I'm sure that you have a way of contacting me in one way or another, right? So if you want any of that free content, let me know and I'll send it right to you. So BB Rexa has been told by a music industry executive that she is too old to be sexy. Now, I'll be completely honest with you. 
I spent so much time studying the back end of the music industry as far as the marketing, the advertising, you know, all that kind of stuff, the operations. I don't really keep up to date with who's popular uh, or what, you know, the music itself. I know there are quite a lot of people that do that. They break down the songs and they break down why they're popular. I'm kind of on the other end. So I didn't know who this was. I actually had to look up an article saying how to pronounce her name because I'm like, is it Bebe? Rex her? I mean, sometimes they're pronounced differently to what you expect, but that goes to show also that you should be naming yourself something that makes uh, it instantly recognizable for people to know how to pronounce it. Now, I think she is, um, she's saying, is she Argentinian? Forgive me if I'm wrong with that, but she's, uh, she actually was, on the video I saw of how to pronounce her name, she talks about her original name and it's in, it means bumblebee in another language. So I'm, I'm sure that her current artist name actually reflects, you know, her original language. So I guess, I mean, that makes total sense. But as far as general naming principles go, you should always go for something that people find it very easy to repeat and to memorize and also to spell. Because companies like Flickr and Tumblr, when people first find out about them, I mean, it sounds trendy to like remove letters out of your name and that kind of thing. I mean, I'm talking about how businesses name themselves specifically, but uh, music artists do this too. So it is relevant. But Tumblr and Flickr have spent millions of dollars on advertising campaigns to educate people on how to actually pronounce their names and how to actually spell them and stuff. And I mean, you can just save all that money if you just name yourself something that people can hear once and immediately know where to look it up without going, oh, it's Flickr, but it's F-L-I-C-K-R. There's no E.com. Because I think Flickr ended up buying F-L-I-C-K-E-R.com and redirecting it to the proper uh, their proper website. And it cost them a lot of money to do so. So, I mean, that's with naming you should keep yourself straight. But that, I mean, that's just uh, that's just a little bit on the side. So Baby Rexha has been told that she is too old to be sexy. Now, as I said, I didn't know who she was. So I had to look this up um, after I read the article and uh, find out who she was and where she comes from. And I mean, I haven't even heard any of her music, but I saw big names like Taylor Swift were getting behind uh, her response to this music industry guy, pretty much telling him to go shove it because she's not too old. And I get that question quite a bit from people is how old is too old in this music industry? How old, um, is how old could you be before you think that it's not worth trying to pursue anymore? And I always think that when people ask this question that I think about Johnny Cash's last albums, if he's doing that months before he passes away, then nothing's stopping you from recording your album now. How old are you? What, like 45, 50? Like people who ask me that at least, like if you could be 60, 70 and start writing music and you could find your demographic. Everyone's trying to find ways to stand out. And if you're older, that usually gives you that opportunity to be different and to stand out and get people listening to you. Okay. So there's no such thing as being too old within the industry. But after seeing this article, I thought to myself, well, how old must this BB Rexa be? Like, is she like 50 or something like that? And she's like, I'm turning 30 in a couple of months. And I'm like, man, how did anyone say to someone who's turning 30 that you're too old to be sexy in the music industry? How young? I'm, I'm 31. I feel like I'm 18 still. You guys are probably thinking to yourself like, man, you're 31. Jeez, you are so old. Now you're too old to be sexy. But look me in the eyes and tell me that I'm too old to be sexy. I'm just kidding. But she's, 29. How can you say that to anyone? I mean, how could you say it to anyone in general? But how could you say that to someone who's 29 years old? But this is one of those things that I think about the music industry. Now, hear me out before you judge me on the point that I'm about to make here, because I'm not saying that the guy wasn't in the wrong for saying what he said, because he absolutely was. And I'm not saying that BB Rexer has no right to be publicly outraged about what he said. But 
the way that media works now, they've done a million different studies and they've tested this extensively. Actually, if I asked you that, what would you say? What do you think the biggest emotion is that gets people to actually pass on an article or a piece of news to someone else? You would think that it's something like humor. I mean, obviously I've set this up to be, you probably know what the answer is already, but if I just asked you that just with no other information surrounding it, just out of nowhere, you probably would be like a lot of other people and say that it's humor or humor-based thing. If something's funny, you want to share it on. But there's actually another uh, emotion at play here. It's actually outrage. They call it outrage porn with news. It's just the fact that people feel so good about being outraged about something publicly that they're more likely to share it. These media companies love to grab onto stories that encourage outrage amongst the community and the people who read it. It's kind of sad, but that's the way that the uh, the internet's working at the moment. And that's, uh, and that's kind of the state of the media. Blogs want clicks. They want shares. So what they do is, is they write about anything that they believe is going to get them that traffic. Now, if humanity responded more of positive emotion, then obviously uh, the media would start putting out more positive material. But the fact is that everyone loves to be outraged. That's what the testing shows. So they're putting out articles that make people outraged. So I feel like in this situation, as I said, I'm not saying that she's not in her right to be outraged, but the fact that she is a female music artist. So already like there is so much news surrounding those two specific titles and labels that she's got on her at the moment. It like with things stacked against her or with things being unfair in the entertainment industry. Uh, And then someone saying that she's not sexy enough and she's 29 years old for the industry. I mean, that is just prime fuel for outrage. So, of course, this is a massive, massive PR step for her to be able to get out there. I don't know who she was. I mean, some of you guys might not know who she is either, but she's come out against this guy who is objectively in the wrong and should never have said that and you should never say that to anyone and it goes to show that he has quite a fabricated view on what the music industry should be if he thinks that someone that looks like her at 29 years old can't be considered sexy or saleable then again you don't have to be sexy to sell music what am I saying this is so fabricated the fact that people are trying to say that the music industry is based off looks which I guess that brings us full circle so regardless I've got on a million point different points there I mean just know that outrage is what makes you want to share an article so I mean that That's how you can gain publicity, but that's such a sad way of getting publicity for yourself. You should never really try to create that out of nothing. But I guess in these types of situations, you can leverage negative things like this to get people to rally behind you and build a support platform of outrage that pushes out the bad guys and lifts you up, especially when you get people like Taylor Swift behind you on this. But I mean, yeah, media is loving this so much to the point where it makes me feel like does the person who's originally in the story Did they want it to go this far or is it just because the media are like, outrage, outrage, give us more clicks? Is there such a thing as being too old within the music industry? Absolutely not. You could be 60 years old and your demographic could be other 60-year-old people that like the music from when you were a kid. Like, There are so many different ways to go about trying to build an audience and there is no such thing as being too old. It's like in the music industry, it's not a physical attraction that makes someone sexy, quote unquote. It becomes more about their confidence level. So if you're confident about getting your music out there and changing the world, then don't let anyone tell you that you're not sexy enough for this industry. So I had someone ask me the other day about how to contact management because they're looking for management uh, to represent them as an artist. She's a female artist and she's looking for um, someone to take her to the next level. But she's finding that no matter how she sends out emails that people aren't responding. So I thought I'd take this segment of the I Am Northbound podcast to let you know why people probably aren't responding to your emails. The first point that I can kind of just throw out there is the fact that people are probably not replying to your emails because you're probably not sending them. I say this all the time to people. It's like, how many emails? you sending out a day? And it's almost like, well, I guess if you're asking me per day, then I'm 
probably not meeting that amount, right? Because uh, I don't even send out a, a repeatable amount per week, but you should be. That's the that's the whole thing about being a music artist is throwing out as much as you can and then just seeing what comes back. But nothing can come back if you don't throw things out there in the first place. It's kind of like sales. Some people just send out a bunch of emails and just see who responds. Now, obviously, let me stop you right there before you just start sending out a thousand emails a day. There is such thing as spam. When I say sending out a whole bunch of emails, I don't just mean buying an email list and just sending emails to everyone with a generic to whom it may concern, sign me to your label. You have to do your research first. And that's probably the second reason as to why people aren't responding. If you are sending emails and people aren't responding, it's probably because you haven't done your research first. Okay. You should never start an email with anything other than addressing the person you are directly contacting. Rather than trying to send a generic script and just swapping their name out at the top and thinking that that's the best way to do it, you should go and find out about the person you're contacting and finding out straight away if they're even a good fit. What's the point of sending out emails to people that aren't a good fit? If you are researching prospects before you contact them, know exactly who you're contacting, making sure they're the right person, making sure you're avoiding the gatekeeper. So it's not going to a reception or like a info at whatever address or hello at whatever address or like contact at whatever address. Those emails will never get a, re- a response. You have to be do- emailing directly to the person that you know can benefit you as a music artist. So do that. Look up these people and make sure that they uh, could even help you in the first place. And that brings me to my next point. Maybe the reason that they're not responding to your emails is because you are just using a generic script and they get that every single day. What they don't get, however, is people building and nurturing a relationship before they are asked to do a favor for that music artist. Scripted emails do work and you actually uh, can get responses from that depending on what you're going for. But the other way that I've found that works way better in this day and age is to research the prospect, uh, find out their name, look them up on social media, look up other work they've done in the past, find out what they like, what they don't like, obviously without being creepy, but uh, find out about them as a person and then reach out to them and DM them or comment or something like that. Start a conversation with them that you can then take to a private message conversation as well uh, about something that you both can relate to. Go on their Instagram and see what they're doing. If they're doing something that you like as well, if they like kayaking and you like kayaking and they just went kayaking on the weekend, you could chat to them about that. Find a point of interest and connection where you can get to know them as a real person. Now, obviously, I'm not saying to do this to be fabricated and fake to like make them feel like you like them, but you really just want something else establish an actual friendship and a communication with this person and get to know them first. And then over time, let them know what you do as an artist and see if they'd be interested in you. If not, you've made a great friend in the process that could maybe recommend you onto another label or another management that could help you. Best case scenario is they do want to work with you and they want to help you out in the future. Okay. So it's, it's worth doing that. Use social media to find more out about that prospect and uh, start developing relationships because I'm sure that anyone in that position would receive countless amounts of emails that are just uh, generic scripts that are asking uh, for, you know, that label or management to sign someone without any other context apart from listen to my music, which everyone does. But if you can uh, develop relationships first, that's where you're actually going to make real progress with someone and they'll actually want to help you versus being told to help you, if you know what I mean. And lastly, just to quickly make this point, silence does not mean no. Okay. If you send an email and someone doesn't respond, don't think they hate you and never want to speak to you again. A lot of the times people will check emails and go, I'll respond to that later. And they forget everyone does it. I'm sure you 
you do it too. They'll look at him and go, I'll get back to that and forget, right? So you need to follow up. Okay, silence does not mean no. A no means no. Give it time between follow-ups. Sometimes leave it a week if you need to. Don't just be writing every single day to someone. If you do follow up correctly, they will respond and let you know if they are or if they're not. Sometimes they might not be in a position to be interested or to look at you now, but they might say, hey, come check us out again in the future. Uh, But either way, you don't know what the response is going to be until you get one. So make sure you play the follow-up game. And there you have it. There's my less than 10 minute explanation as to why people might not be responding to your emails. I'm actually going to do the next mega guide on cold emailing and uh, yeah, keep your eye out for that because it will have way more information. So I wanted to take a moment to address a mindset I see within the music industry that I feel needs to be shifted or changed amongst certain music artists. Now, this might be you, it might not be, but I think that everyone could learn a little bit from this perspective shift. Obviously, when you create music, you think to yourself, well, I want as many people to hear this as possible. Because that's the that's the images you see of the music industry, right? The sold out shows, the stadiums of people, you know, the gold records and the platinum records of the millions of sales that people do. Or the, now that nowadays, it's like the millions of streams on Spotify and being the top of the list and on all the playlists. That would be fantastic. But that it doesn't have to be everyone's reality. And it might not be yours. You could go and you could work for that. And that's fine. But maybe when you think about it, that might not be the lifestyle you actually want to live. Touring is really hard. I mean, to live that type of lifestyle, it makes me laugh whenever people go, oh, how lucky are they? It's not about luck. They've put in so much work to get to that point. And maybe that is what you want, okay? And there's nothing wrong with wanting that. But when you think about it, really, where do you want to get with your music? There is a massive gap between where you are now and that goal. And everything in the middle is not a failure zone, okay? It's not something that if you don't reach your full potential and your full goals and everything you set out in the very beginning, because I mean, your goals will shift over time. As you get older, you'll change exactly what you want to do with your music. So don't consider subconsciously that if you don't reach the very ambitious goals that you probably set for yourself when you were much younger, don't consider it a failure if you don't end up reaching them. Because you could land somewhere in the middle and still make a huge difference in the world and that'd be more than enough. Ultimately, when it comes down to it with your music, why are you doing this in the first place? Are you doing it for fame? Are you doing it for notoriety? Or are you doing it because you want to help people and you want people to hear your music and you impact their lives in some way or another? What would you rather? If, if I could ask you this, would you want a sold out stadium full of fans that only kind of sort of care about you? Or would you rather play to a, you know a venue of 500 people that all love you and whose lives you have impacted in one way or another? That'll let you know what your motivations are for the music industry. Because if you will gladly go on stage to 18,000 people that could kind of take or leave you, but will kind of enjoy your set. I mean, that's so much less fulfilling than if you play to a smaller venue of people that love you and really have you to thank for you, like helping them navigate something or grow in some area or something like that. Like if you've really helped people in their life. And once you realize that, you start to be okay with the progress you are making. Because just as we could talk about the sold out stadium, let's take it all the way back to the other end of the scale. If you're happy with 500 people being at a show because you've realized that all you care about is making a difference in people's lives, then really, this might be challenging for you to hear, wouldn't you get that same feeling of fulfillment if just one person was at your show? If you booked a show and just one person turned up and they were there and they loved you and had you to thank for radically changing their life with your music, isn't that all worth it? You've helped someone, a real human being, through your music, become a better person and you've changed them. You've changed a life with your music. 
Isn't that crazy when you think of it that way? So suddenly the sold out stadium full of people that don't care about you is incredibly worthless. When it comes down to it, all you care about is making a difference in individual people's lives. Ideally, you'd want that sold out stadium full of people whose lives you've changed for the better and you could work toward that. That's great. But next time you go on stage and there's 10 people in the audience, don't be disappointed and walk off stage going, well, the show's a failure. Those are 10 people that have come and watched you because they have you to thank for you changing their life in some way or another. If you think there's going to be 800 people at your show and 500 turn up, that isn't a 300 person failure. 500 people in one specific area have you to thank. So why are you disappointed that the show didn't sell out? Would those extra 300 people really have mattered apart from your vanity that wanted to know that the show sold out just to make you feel better about yourself? Do you know what I mean? Might be a bit challenging to think that way, but are you driven by ego or are you driven by changing people's lives? Because if you are driven by changing people's lives, then every single person that walks through that door to watch you perform is worth it and it makes the whole show worth it. I have people contact me and say, I just feel like I've got no growth on Instagram or whatever. I've only got 100 followers. It's like, look at your engagement. People are commenting. People are liking your photos. People are loving what you're putting out there. Those are lives you are changing. Would you rather 10,000 followers that don't even engage with you versus 100 people that really do? Just like most people do. I got way too caught up in wanting to know I mean, nobody's liking this. Nobody's commenting on it. And it's like people were, but I'd tell myself that nobody did, but people were. It makes no sense. I don't know why we're lying to ourselves. Same thing as when you play a show and you go, oh, there's nobody here tonight. And there's like 50, 60, 70 people in the audience. You just wanted there to be 200. But those are 50, 60, 70 people whose lives you are actually changing for the better. See the perspective. Now, I understand there's whole things with uh, costs and trying to make money with your music. And it's like, if you don't sell out your show and you think you will, then there are financial issues that can come from that. But I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about it that specifically. It's more of a metaphorical adjustment to the way you look at how you promote yourself each day. If you put a new piece of content out there and one person wants to comment on it and say, thanks so much for putting this up, that should make your entire week. And I really want you to to readjust that perspective as well. So why are you making music in the first place? Are you doing it because you're trying to just get in front of people? You just want eyes on you, whether they like you or not? Or is it because you're looking to make a real difference in people's lives? Because I'm telling you, if you're in that first group, you need to readjust your perspective to care more about changing people's lives. Because if you do that, you'll be so much more fulfilled. Things will make a ton more sense. You'll feel like you're making progress and you'll stop being your own worst enemy by telling yourself that nothing's ever good enough. Why not check out another video? You can do so by clicking right here. You'll find even more ways for your music to take over the world. But before you do, make sure you like this video, share it with your friends, hit the subscribe button and turn on the notification bell. That way you won't miss my next video.